Uh, something I was supposed to start two weeks ago as you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 beginning in verse 10. Something I was going to start two weeks ago was start preaching through uh, the full armor of God. And so as we begin to look at this, you know, we're, we're living in difficult days. We're living in evil days or purely evil days with outright wickedness that is going on all around us. And we could spend a whole lot of time of talking about that. But there's all sorts of wickedness that, uh, you know, we just recognize it as being there. It's trying to infiltrate us. It's trying to infiltrate our families. It is infiltrated, has infiltrated a lot of our churches. But what we need to understand is God has given to us a means to stand firm, a means to stand strong, a means to be faithful. And you know, when God saved us, He didn't just save us to forget about us. He saved us to continue to walk with us. Amen. And that we would continue to walk with Him. And as we continue to walk with Him, we recognize that He has given to us the tools that we need to be able to stand firm and to stand strong and to be the men and women that God has called us to be. So we find here in the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 6 beginning in verse 10, the Word of God says right here, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness and spiritual uh, forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore having girded your loins with the truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all of the uh, flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. With prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Father God, we come to you right now. We just pray, Lord, for your anointing upon uh, your Word. And Lord, that you'd give us ears to hear. Lord, that you would give us hearts to receive. Lord, that you'd prepare the soul of our heart to where it would take root. Uh, Lord, that it would grow and bear much fruit. I pray, Lord, if there's even one here uh, that's lost, Lord, I pray that you'd do it only you could do. Draw them unto yourself before it's everlasting too late. Lord, I pray for your children here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, that you would encourage us, Lord, that we would truly stand in your strength, stand in your might, that we would stand firm. And Lord, as we come this morning, I pray that you would have your way in each one of our lives. And Lord, anoint this time of the preaching of your word. And uh, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we take a look at this text of Scripture, again, what is the purpose of this text of Scripture? It is that we would stand firm. Amen. That we would stand firm, that we would be strong, that we would not be pushed down, that we would not be kicked down, that we would not uh, be tossed around and to and fro and uh, you know, whatever way that the wind blows us, but that we would truly stand firm in the name of Jesus Christ. Really, what we look at in this text of Scripture is a time of preparation 
preparation. It is a time that we prepare ourselves. Amen. Now this is for those who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't put on the full armor of God if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have that that that's accessible to you, that is available to you. We're going to start next week of talking about putting on the full armor of God and what that means. But today, as we begin this time, what we understand is what is the full armor of God? Why do we need the full armor of God? And again, it's a time of preparation. You know, we live on the Gulf Coast, and as we live on the Gulf Coast, anytime a hurricane is out there, they'll say, get prepared. In fact, they tell you, get prepared just because hurricane season's coming, right? And you, you never know when a storm's just going to pop up. It seems like this past year we had, what, 120 storms or something like that. I don't know how many uh, that we had out there, but they just seem to be popping up right and left every single day. And so we have to stay on that continual alert. We have to stay in that perpetual state of preparedness. And so as we stay on that perpetual state of preparedness, we know that we're always going to be ready. Regardless of what comes our way, we are going to be ready. In fact, what we, we when we begin to think about being ready, you know, as a child of God, we can know that we know that we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. But when that day comes, that as, as verse 13 says here in this text of Scripture, verse 13 says, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And so when that evil day comes, regardless of what way that evil day comes, whether it's a sneak attack from the devil, whether it's a temptation that comes your way, whether it's a tragedy that comes your way or a trial that comes your way or whatever we face in life because life is tough in that evil day. When that evil day comes your way, the Bible says that you're going to be able to resist and you're going to be able to stand firm. Amen? So as you have that time, you prepared yourself. You prepared yourself and, and so that evil day comes and maybe it's a sneak attack you didn't know it was coming, but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if you didn't even know it was coming because you are prepared. You are ready. And so now as that evil day has come, and regardless of what form or fashion it comes in, because the devil has many different types of those flaming arrows that he's going to throw at us, and they come from all different directions and many shapes, many sizes, many ways, many forms. And so as we recognize, it doesn't really matter because we're ready. We have prepared ourselves. And when I was a pastor of Bethel Baptist Church in the north end of the county, one of the most wealthy men in the county was a member of our church. He was one of our deacons. Godly man, phenomenally godly man, a very, very humble man. One of the most wealthy people within Pearl River County. He was one of our deacons. Hurricane Katrina came, and as you know, Hurricane Katrina did a lot of damage. And it put, put us out for quite a long time. They kept saying, get prepared, get prepared, get prepared. Well, they didn't get prepared. I mean, this, this man was extremely wealthy. 
He, he was so wealthy, we, we'd joke with him about this. He went up to a piece of property. He, he was owner of a lot of businesses, a lot of properties and things like that throughout all of Pearl River County. He went to this one particular piece of property one time. He drove up to that piece of property, and as he drove up to that piece of property, he said, well, I like that piece of property. He called his own personal real estate agent. Yes, he had his own personal real estate agent. Called her up, said, I want you to check out this piece of property. I like this piece of property. I want you to buy, I, I want to buy this piece of property, at least make it offer on it so she called him up a few days later and said well you already own that property he said I knew that was a good piece of property <laughs> well they didn't get prepared for Hurricane Katrina they didn't have any food they didn't have any gas they had plenty in the bank right but it wasn't accessible to them at that time and so as we begin to think about those, yes, we're a child of God. Yes, we're born again. Yes, we're bought with the blood of Jesus. Yes, we're glory bound. But what's going to happen when that evil day comes? Are we going to be able to resist? Are we going to be able to stand firm? Are we going to be able to stand strong? When that day comes, if we're not prepared, guess what? It can knock our feet right out from underneath us. When we're not ready, when we're not expecting it, when we're not looking for it, when we're not ready to stand firm and resist in that evil day, and it comes and it just knocks us right down on our backside. So today we need to ask ourselves the question, well, what is it exactly that we need to do to prepare? What is it exactly that we need to do to get ourselves ready? Because if we're prepared, we understand if we're properly prepared, uh, we're ready for any and all things at any and all times. Amen? If we're properly prepared, our reaction will be instinctive and natural. Amen? It's going to be instinctive and natural. Just as a soldier is prepared for war, when that war comes his way, he doesn't have to sit there and think about what is he going to do next. You get a well-trained athlete there on the field and something comes his way. He doesn't have to sit there and think about, well, what's going to be my next move? He's just going to act by reflex. He's going to act by instinct. He's going to act in accordance to the training that he has had all of his life. And so if we have to sit there and think about it, sometimes that moment of thinking about it is just too late and it's got you and it's there. Then we also need to understand we will be lacking in nothing. Amen? Lacking in absolutely nothing. No, what we understand is that we do have the full armor of God available to us. We have the full armor of God that is available to us because God says to take upon the full armor. And so if He tells us to take upon the full armor of God, then that is available to us. But if we don't know what to do with it, I don't know where it's at. I don't know how to get it. What are we going to do when that evil day comes? Amen? What are we going to do? Are we going to be able to stand firm? Are we going to be able to stand strong? Here it is in the Word of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul writes, he says, Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Finally, and so that word is there for a reason. That word finally is there for a reason. As we take a word of that, uh, take a look at that word finally, uh, he is there. He's wrapping all of this up. He's wrapping the book of Ephesians up. And so as he's wrapping all of this up and he's getting to his final point, he makes that statement finally. 
Finally, with everything else that I've already told you, with everything else that I've already talked about, with everything else that has been written down through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here within the book of Ephesians, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And so we ask ourselves, well, what is He talking about here finally? What has He been talking about through the book of Ephesians? What has He been focused upon? And really, when you look at the central theme of the book of Ephesians, the central theme of the book of Ephesians is that we are in Christ and He is in us. Amen? We are in Christ and He is in us. And so with that in mind, the Apostle Paul is saying, with that in mind, finally, he is saying right here that we are to be strong. And so when we look at this, we look in Ephesians chapter 2, and we look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says right here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and in the sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience among them. We too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and in the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And so as we look at that text of Scripture, quite simply, you are dead in your transgressions and sin. Lost people are not in Christ. Christ is not in lost people. They're dead in their trespasses and sins are separated from God because of their sins. They do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and they do not have direct access to Jesus Christ because they are dead in their sins, separated from Him and they are walking in the course of this world, walking with the prince of the power of the air. He said among them, we all too formally walk like that. Every single one of us walk like that. Every single one of us were dead in our trespasses and sin until it came to that point in our life where we made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. And the moment that we made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we see there in verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2, he said, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, and guess what? He loves everybody. Amen. Not just a select few, but God so loved the world. Amen. God loves everybody and God wants to save everybody. It doesn't matter how deep they're in their sin. God still loves them and God still wants to save them. But because of His mercy and because of His great love with which He loved us, in verse 5, this says, even then we were dead in our transgressions and uh, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. By His grace, by His mercy, through His love of which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions and sin because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of His death, burial, and resurrection of which He paid the price on the cross of Calvary through the shedding of His blood that if we ask Him to forgive us of our sins, our sins are removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And because of that, He made us alive together with Christ. 
We are together with Christ. We're no longer separated from Christ because of our sins. We're no longer dead in our trespasses and sins. We're now alive together with Him. He is in us and we are in Him. And oh, praise God for that. That you're never alone. That you're never somewhere where God is not. Yes, the Bible says we're two or more gathered. Jesus said we're two or more gathered. There I am also. But friends, you could be on a desert island all by yourself. Nobody there but you. But if you're a born again believer in Jesus Christ, God is there with you because God is there in you. He is in you and you are in Him. So when we think about this, let's look again here at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, finally, with that in mind, you are in Christ, Christ is in you. With that in mind, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. You see, it's not about your strength, it's about His strength. It's not about your power, it's about His power. It's not about your wisdom, it's about His wisdom. It's not about your might, it's about His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Now, if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, then the life we live is not our life, but His life, and He's living that life through us, and we do that by faith. If we are in Christ and He is in us, His power is our power. If we are in Christ and Christ is in us, His truth is our truth. If we are in Christ and Christ is in us, then His way is our way. And if we are in Christ and He is in us, then His strength is our strength. Amen? And who is He? He is El Shaddai, Almighty God. That's who He is. Are we Almighty? No, we're not even mighty. We're not even a little mighty. We don't have any strength. We don't have any power. We don't have any wisdom. We don't have anything that we can bring to the table that is going to be beneficial to the fight, that is going to be beneficial to us being able to stand firm, to us being able to resist in that evil day when the attack comes. We have absolutely nothing whatsoever that we can bring to the table that's going to be beneficial in any way whatsoever. That's why the Apostle Paul begins this text of Scripture of putting on the full armor of God of forgetting about yourself right now, but be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. So all too often I hear things like, I don't know if I'm going to be strong enough. Well, guess what? You're not. I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to be brave enough. You're not. I don't know if I have enough wisdom. You don't. Guess what? You don't even have a wheel apart from God willing that within you. 
You have absolutely nothing, and neither I, none of us do. We have absolutely nothing that we can bring to the table whatsoever. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, if we continue to read, we continue to understand and continue to recognize that in verses 8 and verse 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So clearly, the Word of God clearly tells us that we're not saved in accordance to our own works. We're not saved by bringing our goodness to God. Say, God, look how good we are. Because the Bible very clearly teaches us that none of us are good, not even one. But we don't need to stop there. We need to look at verse 10 as well. And in verse 10, it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And praise God that the work of salvation doesn't end at the moment of regeneration. Amen? It doesn't end the moment that we walk through the door. It doesn't end the moment that we're sealed in the Spirit. He continues to work in us and through us and with us and shape us and mold us and conform us. And praise God to strengthen us. Amen? So be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Number one way Christians fail is they fail when they think that they have to be strong enough. That they have to be brave enough. Oftentimes Christians even put faith in their own faith. <laughs> I have to build my faith up, right? I have to work my faith up. I just have to have enough faith. Well, the faith in what? In faith in you having enough faith or in faith of Jesus Christ because Jesus said that if you have the faith of a mustard seed you can say to this mountain be removed and it will be cast into the midst of the sea because it's not about you building your faith up it's about you putting your faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus alone and when we think that we're strong enough, we think that we're smart enough, we think that we have enough wisdom, we think that we have enough power, guess what? Pride comes before a fall. Amen? So we're not just saved by grace through faith, we're sustained by grace. That's why I so firmly believe in eternal security. Because it doesn't just start with grace, it carries on through with grace. Amen? It continues to move on to that day He calls us home and we're standing with Him and at that time we're as He is. And all praise God for that. If not, we'd all be in a mess on a continual everyday basis, wouldn't we? So as we take a look at this text of Scripture you know, a lot of times we think, well, we've got a little power. No, you don't. What are you going to do with that little power? You know, Jesus told the church, Philadelphia in Revelation chapter, uh, in Revelation chapter uh, <coughs> 3 and verse 8, 
He said, I put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power and have followed my word and have not denied my name. How did they get that little power? Because they have followed his word and have not denied his name. And for that reason, Jesus said, I'm going to put before you a door, open before you a door that no man can shut. Not because of who you are, but because of who I am, and you have followed my word and have not denied my name. The Apostle Paul says, and probably the most misused verse within all of the Bible, Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at the context of that verse. The context of that verse is it doesn't matter what I'm going through in life at that time, whether good or bad. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? And so when we look at this, friends, when we begin to understand that we take upon the full armor of God, it is a recognition that we're not strong enough, but He is. We don't have the power, but He does. We don't have the might, but He does. Everything that we need, He has. So be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Well, what is His might? Hebrews chapter four, uh, 2 and verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death He might render powerless He who had the power of death, that is, the devil. What did Jesus do to the devil? That great big old devil that said, Oh, the devil's going to come get me. Devil's going to tear me down. Devil's going to devour me. The devil is destroying my family. The devil's destroying our community. The devil's destroying our churches. The devil's destroying our country. And oh, he's active. He's very active. But according to the Word of God, Jesus has rendered him powerless. <laughs> Amen? He has rendered him powerless. Doesn't say Rusty Coon has rendered him powerless. Doesn't say that Mill Creek Baptist Church or the Baptist denomination or anyone else has rendered him powerless. But Jesus, Jesus has rendered him powerless. Well then how do I Stand in the strength of the Lord and His might. How, how do I do that? Through prayer. Calling upon Him, Lord, I need You. Not just in the difficult days, but even in the good days. Lord, I need You. Strengthen me. We looked at it in Sunday school this morning. Deliver me from evil. Amen? I need you every single day. God, I need you. Also, we need to know the Word of God. Amen? We need to know it. We need to study it. But not just for the sake of saying, yeah, I, I know that. But to be doers of the Word and not merely hearers of the Word. Amen? What good does it do just to know it? 
lot of people in hell is going to know John 3.16 and be able to quote it verbatim. Scary thought, isn't it? But we need to walk in accordance to it. Friend, the most important thing that you can do is know that you know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. He can't be your strength and your might if you're separated from Him because of your sins. Oh, but friends, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, He's promised that He is with you. That He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He has promised that He will be your refuge and strength, the very present help in a time of trouble. No matter what comes your way, He is going to be right there. The Apostle Paul said this beginning in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. He said, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in earth and on heaven derives its name, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all of the saints and with all, all what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. That by faith you may know Him. That you may know Him. And that by faith that you're going to be filled to the measure of fullness with Him. Why? So that you can be strengthened in Him. Amen? Finally, He said. It's the reason that we have the book of Ephesians. Finally! So that we could know that we're in Christ and He is in us. And come what may, when that evil day comes, no matter what form it comes in, we're standing in His strength. In His might. And not our own. And I know this by experience, and most of you do here, probably all of you do. You're standing in your own strength and your own might, you're going to get your feet knocked out from underneath you real quick. Amen? Real quick. But He is almighty, all-powerful God. And when we stand in His strength and His might, there is nothing and no one that can knock you down. Amen? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Doesn't mean things will always look good, circumstances and situations will always look good. Doesn't mean everything's always going to be easy. But He's going to be there with you, getting you through every single step of the way. This praise team makes their way up here this morning, and as everyone stands,
Christian, are you standing in His strength or are you standing in your own? You're standing in your power or are you standing in His power? His might or your might? Walk in Him. Live in Him. Exist in Him. Breathe in Him. We're no longer living our lives, but we're living His life through us. Allow Him to strengthen you in the inner man. Amen? But do you know Him? Do you truly know Him this morning? Do you know that you know that you know this morning that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior? Not just for when we all get to heaven, but for right here, right now, today. Oh, you definitely want to know them when you pass from this life to the next, but I could promise you that you don't want to live a moment without knowing them today. Amen? Come to know Jesus as your Savior. I'm here. I'll be more than happy to introduce Him to you. This altar's open. You can come for those who need prayer. Turn that chair into an altar right there where you're at. But you come as God so leads.